On this episode of Resi Week, we talk higher-end TVs, and KBA is expecting a 16% growth. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 261. Truck roll them out. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for avnation.tv. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my closest friends in the business. First, we have Katie McGregor-Bennett. She is the president of KMB Communications. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing well, doing well. Happy Monday to you. Thank you. It is Monday. It is, is Monday. It? So yeah, do the people know that it's Monday? By the time they listen, it's Monday's long gone. Would it be Wednesday um, when they listen to it? Yeah. But. I'm sure I'm going to be doing great on Wednesday, too. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to get snow tomorrow, which means I will be doing better on Wednesday. Not a lot, just a little bit. Just enough. Just enough to remind me I live in Canada. Then we have my good friend, Joe Whitaker. He's the CEO of Thoughtful Integrations. What's up, Joseph? You know, technical difficulties, dude. It happens to the best of us. Uh, Yeah. I mean, no, no, you know, fair enough. Um, No, things are good. (laughs) We're going to be getting snow this weekend. If uh, national versus local could decide, make up their minds and tell me if I'm going to get five inches or 13 inches. Oh, 13 is way more fun. At this to, point, I'll take whatever I get. You know, the best part with 13 inches of snow is you still will find a couple of people, especially down where y'all are at, where they think they can drive in that, but they don't ever do it. So they have no idea. It is so much fun to watch. We, oh, get, yeah, I know. we get it every year. Oh, and you, we've had a massive influx into Montana thanks to COVID, and uh, oh, it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> it is. So last week, and then we'll get into the, the the part of the show you actually came here for. But last week we had uh, a day where we got two inches, and then we got eight inches. But the day we got eight inches, we were expected to get another two inches. That was it. So everybody woke up, and then all of a sudden there's like eight to twelve inches on the ground. And even though I live in Canada, I, I live in the southern part of Canada where we don't get like snow, like, like, like deep snow, like everyone thinks we get. Watching people try to drive in eight inches of snow when that's the first big snowfall we've had all year. So we have a bunch of people who, yeah, they didn't put their winter tires on. Yeah, they'll be fine. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun because all I did was put it in two wheel drive took off traction control with the snows and just let the sucker roll. It was great. Went somewhere with <laughs> my sister and she was like, are you trying to scare me? As I'm, you know, going around corners. I'm like, nope, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. All right, let's get into the reason you actually came to listen to us today. Coming to us from CE Pro, the Women in Consumer Technology has inducted its legacy class of 2021. So congratulations to this, this list of Women, a couple of notes that you will notice on here uh, is that Michelle Geis from Crestron uh, was awarded this, as well as Andrea Hogan of Qualcomm, Elizabeth LaFontaine from the NPD Group, 
and our, our good friend, Roberta Lewis from Roberta, uh, Roberta Lewis and Associates. Uh, if you don't know Roberta, she's amazing. And uh, she's been in this business for, for quite a while. So that's fantastic. Uh, as well as um, Kirsten Rinitz, I've probably mispronounced that. My apologies uh, from Admit One and Carol Campbell from Logitech. So congratulations to them. That is fantastic. We are going to kick the rest of the show off. With... Although Matt, yes, Matt, sorry, I got sorry. I've got to interrupt you because it was okay. Carol Campbell that won. And Carol Campbell's not from Logitech. It's the Carol Campbell Inspiration Award who went to Heather Squire. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Yes, there you go. Thank hey. you. Thank you. I misread it. I'm like that's yep. Yeah, there we go. My apologies. I didn't mean it. But Carol, congratulations to you too for all that you do and continue to contribute <laughs> to the industry. You just don't work for Logitech. Unless that happened recently. But anyways, Matt, back to you. I haven't, I haven't seen that, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Coming to us as well from CE Pro, 30% of all TVs sold this year will be high-end displays by 2025. Uh, research is indicating that the revenue from TV displays is expected to grow from $33 billion to $47.5 billion in 2025. And that will be is that because everybody in the U.S. has stimulus checks to buy TVs with? No, yep, I didn't say much. that out loud. No, um, that's what it is. <laughs> what's impressive, and I was going to get into this later, but since you brought that up, what's impressive about this is there's no mention of any supply chain issues, which is probably that we all it, suffer with every day. Why those numbers are going to skyrocket as soon as they have supply. Mm -hmm. um, but again, we didn't talk about that. Oh, goodness, it's going to be one of those shows. Katie, when, when you <laughs> yeah. see this, is this is this just some some positivity of consumers wanting the big flashy TVs and then getting getting price checked and, and realizing what that looks like? Um, or, or is there actually a, a, a push to to see those main viewing areas replaced? and replace with some of the new flashy TVs. Whereas, you know, not everyone's jumping around replacing every TV in their house. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think it's a combination of, of a, of a few things and I, I'll touch on a few. Joe definitely pick, pick me up here and <laughs> fill in the blanks, but I think there's a few things. And one is that, you know, coming out of a pandemic year with, and with stimulus money there, you know, there is, while a great number of individuals uh, are still struggling to make ends meet, there are plenty of others who are who are not and have had plenty of, of expendable cash to take advantage of opportunities, opportunity, however that may present itself, whether it's a great sale at Best Buy just because, or something happens to be available, you know, whatever that is. There was obviously a lot of remodeling done last year and, and done so to accommodate uh, work from home, e-learning, you know, all of that. We, we, we know these things. I, I think, though, that as we're coming out of pandemic and sort of, you know, there's like <laughs> the dawn of 2021 ro rose and it was like, oh, the angel sang and everything was new. And, you know, I think that people will go and, and, and increase perhaps the spend on things just to, to feel better, <laughs> feel better about life. 
Um, but to take advantage of the opportunity that presents itself to, to, to fix some old technology. And I, you know, so I think part of this, some of it is cyclical. Um, I think a lot of it too is just availability. You know, when you walk into Costco, you know, just one of many major retailers, but you walk into Costco, you can't find a small display size. It's all big and it's all getting blasted at you, right? You, you can't even get to the batteries before you've been presented with 10 TVs that are 70, 80, you know, in that range and above. So I think it's just, you know, that that's sort of what's being fed to you and that's what you're going to buy. I think it's just, you know, kind of some of those realities. Joe, what do you think? Joseph, what is the, what is the opportunity here? And I I did actually have this written down as far as supply chain, because heck you and I talked um, earlier this year, I guess about, you know, a couple of projects where we had to go to Costco because they were the only ones who had stock and our suppliers were gosh, months behind how much of an opportunity is there with premium TVs for us with all of the current concerns that nobody seems to really want to talk about with supply chain? Well, you know, that that's kind of the, one of the big things is supply chain. I mean, me and you just talked about this, what, a, a week ago, Not that we were talking about turntables. I couldn't find a turntable for a client of mine, Brian, save his life. Finally found an NAD and got a call that they don't have that either. So I got to send them to Amazon or Best Buy. Yeah, that happened. Um, but so, but you talk about that in the display market, and that's where it gets interesting. Because like Katie brought up, you know, the uh, um, Costco's, the Sam's. I actually had that conversation with a client today. Because, you know, you look at it, and the way this, this you know, reads, you know, a 30-something percent increase on high-end models. Well, First, you got to ask why, right? Well, you know, your first thing is, is, you know, new tech. Vizio doesn't have uh, uh, QLED and Westinghouse doesn't have OLED. So all your value brands are thrown out the door because they want those two new big buzzword, um, you know, technologies. And, you know, you come post lockdown, but still in pandemic, um, people need more displays now because now they need a separate one for the kids to do um, learning on. Um, they need, you know, more features like built-in Bluetooth for headphones or other, those kind of things, or they need new formats. But then it comes down to the problem that you said, supply chain. So when I have a supply chain issue and if I have to go buy it myself or send them to Best Buy, not Best Buy, we'll say Sam's or Costco, the two most, you know, pointed at, the, the models aren't the same. We all know that. You know, you look at the same QLED at Best Buy and the exact same looking one at uh, Sam's. And then you wonder why, why does one of Sam's have three less HDMI inputs? Um, because they build one specifically for Sam's. So, uh, you know, that's kind of that we're going to have a supply chain crunch because as we're seeing those stock levels return or us be able to order them, they're gone in 24 hours. And now we're back on that weight again. It's like, oh my God. You know, there's still Sony receivers and a bunch of other brands you can't get. So when it comes to display, I do believe, yeah, this is um, for what they want to buy. Yes, the increase makes sense. I do not think that there's going to be enough product to fulfill that more multi-billion dollar change in anticipated revenue. Is that just a like 2021 outlook? Or do you foresee this going and pushing into 2022, 2023? Because these numbers are for 2025, 
right? Yes, I know, going all the right. way to 2025. But I, I believe the first three, 2021, 2022, 2023, as we move through what we're go, what we do, what we're doing now with the pandemic, and you know things happening overseas, um, I, you know, just talking to people I know in manufacturing, I don't really see foresee too much of a shift for a little while. You know, that people are still juggling. They don't know. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, exactly. You know. (laughs) All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems. The National Kitchen and Bath Association has released their 2021 Market Outlook report. In that report, they are predicting a 16% growth in residential kitchen and bath remodeling. Uh, they're expecting that rebound uh, to be, as we said, uh, essentially a 16% growth over 9% from uh, 2018 and 1% in 2019. Part of the big push for this is, uh, as you read through the report, <clears throat> that mature adults, those 45 and overs, are going to be looking to, uh, you know, renovate and and, and essentially fix the things that they DIY'd over quarantine. Joe, let me, let me come back. It's true. Come on. It's very true. Let, let me, let me come back to you on this. What is the, these numbers are good, but yeah. we are not kitchen and bath remodelers. We're home technology professionals. So where is the opportunity in this? It, it, can you look at this and say, okay, we know when people spend money in kitchen and bath that they will then spend money in other areas. Or is it an opportunity to put technology into those kitchen and bath areas? Is that, is, is that the big push? Or do we just take away that they're spending money on their homes? Combination. Um, we, we know that in the last decade, which could change and, and new builds, and, and we know that we've seen, we've seen, everybody has seen that the open floor plan um, for main area is going to change and probably get a little more chopped up for safety and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, you look at a lot of these open floor plan has been one of the biggest things for the last decade, which means that your kitchen is probably open to a dining room, a living space, a hearth room, um, another adjoining area for, you know, your community gatherings inside your home, which means when you spend money in the kitchen, technically you're spending money in all the adjacent open areas. And what do those open areas have? Sweet speakers and big TVs. So, I mean, yes, so it kind of does make a little sense, but, you know, me and Katie, we, we follow the um, uh, NKBA, the kitchen and bath group uh, a lot. And there's been a lot of discussions kind of around this whole thing um, lately. You know, some people are scared of tech, but, you know, because of the lockdown time, everybody realized that, you know, their kitchens kind of sucked. Um, because they actually had to start using them. You know, they couldn't go out to eat every day or order dine-in or, you know, they were, they were using their kitchens. And they, re- they started to realize, you know, my, my counter space is a lot more valuable than I thought it was. I do want to listen to music in there, but I'm not going to put, you know, a Sonos box or another tabletop thing. I need that for a blender or for a, you know, for something else. Um, lighting control, all those things. I mean, people's eyes have really been opened to the rooms that, you know, me and me, Katie, me and you are in that, that, that age group. So I'll just say, you know, me what and you have been, that, Joe? 
the mature adults. The, the mature adults. We're mature, the mature adults. <laughs> but but you know they're they're starting to realize that you, you know me and <laughs> me and Katie have taken those rooms for granted a little bit. You know our parents lived in those rooms, utilize those rooms for what they were for. We've been spoiled by eating out and dine in and Uber Eats and you know now. We've had a year where th that room was just as important to my grandmother in the 50s, you know, so it's been a shift. So now they want all the uh, those amenities. And where do a lot of those come from? Well, the integrator, kind of. So, you know, it's, it becomes an important thing. And then you've got, like you said, mortgage rates are at all time low. People are doing second mortgages to do remodeling. Uh, a, a ton of people just made could possibly could have made a bunch of money off of GameStop and AMC. They're going to have money to spend in the kitchen. So, I mean, but, but the time is now contractors are starting to go into homes and build stuff again. And money is more accessible to people doing remodeling, reverse mortgages, loans on their mortgages than ever before. And they realize the spots that they need to actually invest in right now in their home are spots like the kitchen, like the master bath. So yes, we fit right in. Integrators fit right in 100%. So Katie, let me ask you this. And I've got kind of two questions for you. How much of this is an opportunity to tie into smart appliances? Because we hear a lot about that. So I'd like you to jump on that for a second. But the second half of it, uh, or the second question I'd like you to answer or, or, or speak to is, how much of this is going to be driven from the, the lifestyle change that the pandemic has brought? Because like my wife has learned how to bake bread and she's loving it. And I'm loving it in ways that are not good for me, but notwithstanding um, you're seeing, or at least I'm seeing a lot of clients who they spent a lot of money in their kitchen because they wanted it to look nice. They wanted that, you know, Magnolia kitchen or whatever. Now, as Joe alluded to, they're cooking a whole lot more. We've, we've watched, heck, I'm watching a show on HBO Max with Selena Gomez learning how to cook and equal parts impressed and horrified that at 28, she has no idea how to cook or what sea salt is. Um, how much of this is is going to be driven by that? I think I think a, a lot. Um, and there's so that's two questions. There's a whole lot of answer in there. And Joe, I saw you shaking your head on one of them. And I think that there's a, so so. Let's start. He doesn't start like with that Selena one. Gomez. That's all there is to it. No, 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 no. It wasn't Selena. It was the connected appliances. <laughs> um, and I think it depends on on what the you know what the intent of of the question is. I and so I think that I. I so I think the practical application of connected appliances for the AV integration community is not in necessarily connecting those appliances to everything else in the home. It's that those who have an interest in connected appliances are an immediate opportunity for the integration community to have a conversation about what else can be connected in the home and therefore keeping the role of the integrator at a very high level as opposed to getting squeezed out, particularly as it's related to the kitchen to the kitchen space. Matt, to your point, more and more Americans worldwide, not just Americans, we learned to cook this year, we learned to bake, we learned to, <laughs> we learned to make some incredible food. What was missing was the party and the party's not coming back into our homes anytime soon. 
So I don't see that I don't see that trend reversing. Quite the opposite, as I think, and especially with KBiz now on the horizon, I knee deep in it with programming now. All of the media announcements are coming out, and the rest of the week for me is sitting in on on press conferences for all of the major appliance companies. Why? Because I want to figure out how much of an opportunity there really is for the integration community. But we, there is an opportunity there. It's just exactly where are you going to make the connection? I think right now a great a great amount of that is in this emotional connection. You've got a design community who is very nervous about the technology side of things and very nervous because it's not a conversation they're comfortable having. They don't have the confidence. And in the most part, they don't have a strong integrator relationship either that they can really lean on and, and rely on to have to be that subject matter expert that they can bring into the conversation that isn't going to truck roll them right on out of it. And so in there is a little bit of a warning shot, again, because I'm knee deep in this, and that is the, the fear is real. But if you cannot truck roll over the designer, you've got a very good opportunity to help them keep the connected appliance as part of their build and keep everything else connected as part of your project. And that, I think, is, is the big, that's the big connecting point. So whether you believe that connected appliances are the holy grail for your company or not on the integration side, it's not. It's just that's where you're going to connect with the design community and really become important to them. There's a network behind all of that. You need to own that network. That needs to be your territory in the home. Don't give that up to, to somebody else. And that's kind of just, you know, that's one of the pulpits that I'm kind of preaching from from big way. You know, it's own the network, own the home. We've been talking about that for over 10 years, Matt, right? <laughs> We've been talking about that one line for over 10 years. And this is, you know, this is this is the reality there. The NKB and report. Um, sorry, Joe, just one more thing. I mean, there's a lot in here that, that doesn't mean a lot, but there is also 54 or 57% um of the remodels in bathrooms are smart home products just in the bathroom alone and we're not talking diy stuff those are big numbers and again I really want to know it, what those are <laughs> i'm really curious you know talk to gordon van zyden out at cyber manor and he can you know he's he's got the completely connected kitchen and bath and and he's approaching it from the integration standpoint you can't have that often cooler connect spa-like showering system without the network being functional, without everything else being connected to it, you're not going to get the automation aspects that that system is selling unless you got the guy or the gal, you know? So I think that that's the, we want to be, I think as the integration community, we want to be a little hesitant about jumping into that, into that pool. <laughs> there's no pool there, into that kitchen or that bathroom, but there's a ton of opportunity there. And the biggest thing is just that you've got a design community who really needs a tech expert to be in their camp. They're not looking to be the tech expert. So now's the time to kind of rise to that challenge, take a look at this survey and look at the results and figure out what makes the most sense for you and your firm to start just biting off bite-sized chunks, keeping in the kitchen right there um, and, and get involved because there will be bigger business down there and they, they, they need more than what they, can, than what they can design around. And I think that's the beauty of this report. So how do you go about trying to bite off different chunks of that to dive into that tub? See, see what I did there? Yeah, both. Got that's both nice. In there. That's nice. nice. Right, right. No, I, I see what you're cooking up there. I see what you're cooking up there. See, just did it right back to you. All about Joe. rinsing it. Well, <laughs> Joe, you, you know that's the integrator side. That that that's why I was shaking my head originally when Matt was asking those questions, um, because you 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 mentioned you know the cola showers, which are awesome, uh, but you have you know the uh, uh, connected floor heaters and bathrooms. Um, you know, and those you could set on thresholds that go with your wake up scenes and your good night scenes with them. You know, when your thing goes off in the morning and slowly raises your blind and slowly starts kicking on music, it also 30 minutes before that started heating your bathroom floor. See, there, there's all of those things where we can own part of the space. The problem is it's bigger than that because you have, you know, the, the consumer, the client, the homeowners, 
experience after they had expectations is kind of the way I always look at it. Cause you look at gen one, gen one, uh, a Novo sous vide. Um, that thing um, only did WEP encryption. It didn't do WPA or WPA2, which means if you put a secured network, a good Wi-Fi into your client's home, that device doesn't work because it doesn't have the right security protocol, won't support it. So, but before the phone calls are ever made, you're the bad guy, Matt, because the Wi-Fi you put in won't let me use this kitchen device. That's where a lot, yes, that, that, well, of course it is. uh but but there's a bunch of those and those are the things that we have to look at and you know a a great example is the hvac industry um it you'll still be very hard pressed to find an hvac company that will take an ecobee a nest a honeywell tuxedo wi-fi thermostat and actually set it up and put it on the wi-fi they'll make it where the buttons and the heat goes up and down but oh, that technology stuff. Hold on, wait a minute. So you know, those are those plays now in kitchen and bath as well. When you start getting into connected device with um, you know, remotely monitored and controlled temperatures, um, for you know, ice makers, uh, ovens, ranges, microwaves, whatever the case may be, uh, heated floors. Um, and now we get into um, automated sanitation of kitchen spaces, um, monitored water filtration, monitored air filtration. There, there's so much, and I know Katie, you know about that because you're on the same group I am. Talk about tech in kitchen. You've now got hood vents that'll actually circulate your um, air in the kitchen um, and make it cleaner. So it's not just about getting the, you know, the stuff out from cooking. It's about clean air living in your kitchen. So there, there's those tech spots that we, as our industry, really need to start looking at. And like Katie said, um, we got to be a part of the conversation. We really do. Um, because a lot of this touches us, and when we don't get involved, it only makes us look bad. No, I, and I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think you know, it's it's sort of it's it's taking a look at the kitchen and the bath through the the horizon, and and identifying that which you can where you can play the most effective and efficient role, and ultimately where you can make money on it. And that's not that's a different answer for every integrator out there, um, as as it should be, because your skill set and your offering obviously is is, is going to, to determine um, what role you you really can play. But but the need is real, and it's just a matter of it's just a matter of figuring out you know how how do you, how you want to diversify your offering and, and where you really want to lean in. What is true is you know we're now 30, 31 days into twenty twenty one, and the narrative from the integration community and from the design community is exactly the same as it has been for years, which is we want to align, we want to align, we want to align, we want to do business together. So you know let's let's make twenty twenty one the year that that actually happens, and uh, you know, I think we'll see we'll see some really interesting change when we're here next year. I love it. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you both for joining us. Katie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about KMB Communications, where can they do that? We are all over the web and the social spheres. If you look for KMB Communications, we're the one with the mountain in our logo, and we are based in Montana. We're not the healthcare or the worship ones on the East Coast. No, no, no. Um, you can always find me, Katie McGregor Bennett. Again, I'm on every platform, but everyone with a different name because somewhere along the line I got married and let that be a lesson to you. Do it all at once with one name. <laughs> Seek for Katie McGregor Bennett and you shall find. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> Joseph, my friend, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're somewhat found. I, I don't know you. Well, no, you're, you're not married at the moment yet. 
soon. Yes, yes, soon, that soon. is. And I got I got a great announcement to let you two know about here uh, later off the air. Okay. Uh, but um, and we'll see. Where can that they for find the you in thoughtful integrations? Come they on. can always find us on the internet at thoughtful integrations uh, at all the little social media thingamajiggers at thoughtful integrations. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully, you'll see me at uh, Expo in Indy. Maybe we'll see. Um, you know, and uh, yes, that's right. So far, you know, yeah. It's looking good. I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can get into the country. Your, your hope is looking good. That's so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, you can't you can't hold the Midwest down. I'm just saying, if it would have been on the East Coast or the West Coast, probably wouldn't happen. But we're doing it where you know if 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 the if the cows aren't dying, the doors are open. They should put that on the sticker. Like on the, I on the made plate. that up. It I, actually I like sounds that. pretty good. Cedia Expo. If the cows aren't dying, the doors are open. The doors are open. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we should plug that to them. I don't think they'll use it. I don't think. I don't think. No, no. We'll tell them a joke. I, oh, joke idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make right. a T-shirt that says that. There you go. Make a T-shirt that says that. I, I wear it at Expo. I'll wear it if you if you make it. All right. Thank you all for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Look at this photograph. Yeah, I got it. Actually, he's he's worse than that, unfortunately. Hopefully we were recording that too.